1: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the quarterback preview. The position previews begin. Quarterbacks today. Tight ends tomorrow, running backs, wide receivers. Both of them will be two-part previews, and they will air next week. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Isenberg. Let's talk about quarterback. Last year, guys, it was a ridiculous season for quarterbacks. There were six quarterbacks that scored 430 or more fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown league. six of them. Now, that 430 mark in the previous seven season co- seasons, uh, seasons combined, only seven quarterbacks reached that. So we had almost as many last year as we did in the previous seven seasons combined. Unbelievable. Jamie, do you think we will see similar production this year or will it be scaled back?
2: Are we factoring in the extra game? Because factoring the extra game, I think, yes, you will see uh, similar type numbers per game. Um, you know, if you, if you do it that way... Um, I think so. I mean, look, teams are 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 obviously much more invested in the quarterback position than ever before. And the guys that are coming into the league as we saw last year with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow before he got hurt, they're they're more suited to to play right away, you know. So, yes, I do think we'll see that continue to trend in that direction.
0: Yeah, Dave. What did you see from quarterback? And you know, one of the things that I noticed is that it's the mobile quarterbacks are better now than they used to be. They're better as passers than they used to be. We've we've had mobile quarterbacks for a while, but they've been guys like Blake Bortles um, and Cam Newton, who wasn't always a great passer, was always a good fantasy player. But um, you've got better passers that are also rushing for 300-plus yards every year. So that's helped increase the fantasy point production from quarterbacks. Dave, give us some context on how good 2020 was.
1: Right. Josh Allen was one of those quarterbacks last year. The top 12 average for a fantasy quarterback last year, meaning you take the top 12 overall quarterbacks – uh, you divide their fantasy points by 12, the average of all their total numbers, and then you divide that by 16. It was 25.3 fantasy points per week, all-time high. It's never been that high in the history of fantasy football. The second closest year to that was in 2018 when they averaged 23.4 fantasy points per game. By the way, each time that they've gone higher and higher, there's been a regression the year after. So that's just something to keep in mind, although I, I can't help but think that with the way that the fantasy game is played and how rushing stats Um, are are added to quarterback numbers, that their numbers are going to continue to go up. Quarterback numbers are going to continue to go up. Average QB1 fantasy points per week. Any guesses on how many points on average the QB1 scored each week last season? Anybody, anyone, anyone.
2: 29. Jamie, you got a guess? I was going to say closer to 25, so I would say 24.
1: (laughs) 40.4. That's the average QB1 per week in fantasy <laughs> last year. Oh, that's the number one. The number yeah, one. Yeah, the number not, one. Not the top 12 per yeah, week. Yeah. That was the 25.3 number I just gave you. QB1, 40.4. That's actually <laughs> down from last year. It was 42.5. Last year's average was even higher. Or two years ago, average higher than last year. Right. Average number of quarterbacks with at least 22 fantasy points in a given week of fantasy football. Any guesses?
0: Oh, this is important here, because this is what you want to look at it if you're trying to get a top 12 quarterback. Right, I'm gonna, or if I'm you're say, doing value-based drafting. I'm going to say 13. Jamie? No, I'm going to say 11.
1: I was going to say 11, yeah. 13.3. Adam, you were closer with your your first guess. And it was actually 13.5 last year. If the number was 20 fantasy points, not 22, we had to boost the number to 22. Otherwise, there would have been even more quarterbacks that were averaging or getting over 20 fantasy points per week. So the position is exploding. There's a lot of great quarterbacks in there. Fantasy managers are going to have to make an interesting decision before they draft on how they want to approach the position but the one thing you should not do, unless you're in a super flex or a two quarterback league, is take a quarterback with your first round pick.
0: All right. So first of all, that
2: though with
1: the CBS Sports ADP, there
2: are two guys going in the first round already.
0: Yeah, but let's put some context on it. Right. It's August 4th right now. So I'm assuming there are some auto drafts going on. Like we, we don't have um, our projections.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I know we've taken a lot of flack at times for our auto drafts, but it's certainly been corrected over the last couple of seasons. But I thought you are going to go this route, Adam. Our ADP factors in all of our drafts. It doesn't get separated. So those could include Superflex and two, two quarterback leagues. Yeah.
0: Well, look, Mahomes is 13th in Fantasy Pros consensus ADP. Josh Allen is 21st. In fact, the quarterback's looking at ADP on, on Fantasy Pros today going earlier than I thought. Um, and one thing you should know, most of our quarterback talk is six-point per-passing touchdown leagues. We will talk about four-point as well. Another thing you should know is I'm still sick, so I'm sorry I sound this way. I wasn't going to miss the quarterback preview. I freaking love the position previews. So um, we're going to get into it now. Now, with quarterbacks being so much better last year than they were, and remember, we didn't talk about this, but they changed the officiating last year to make it a little bit more offensive friendly. So that's not a, it's not a huge surprise that points were up. It was an all-time high in, in points scored. Um How many quarterbacks in your rankings would you be happy with as your starter? How far down in your rankings can you go and say, okay, I'm comfortable with him as my week one
1: starter? This number used to be a lot higher, but I I think the absolute highest I can go is 13. If Deshaun Watson is playing, it's 15
2: for me. Um, If there is no Watson, it's 14. Okay, so that would be? Trevor Lawrence would be the last one. Trevor Lawrence. Right, and Lawrence is the first man out for me. So Burrow, Burrow, Lawrence is like the uh, the, the cut line. The cut line. Okay. okay. Now that being said, you told me I had to go with Kirk Cousins or um, even <clears throat> Ryan. Uh, I like Roethlisberger better than Ryan. Roethlisberger. Um, uh, but Ryan, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be fine with those guys if I if I really loved everything else about my team and just you know streaming it the whole season. Want to hear a fun
0: Roethlisberger stat? You all, the two of you plus Heath, you all have the three Steelers receivers in your top 31. So I looked at the teams that had three wide receivers finish in the top 36 in the past five seasons. Um, At the end of the year, they finished in the top 36. Last year, there were three teams, and those three teams were the Steelers, and Roethlisberger was QB thirteen in 6.0 for passing touchdown leagues, but we you know he was, you know, he wasn't really that great, but
1: he was he, QB 16 in fantasy points per game. Thank you.
0: The other teams were Carolina, which is a little deceiving. I don't really count them cuz Curtis Samuel would not have been top 36 without his rushing stats. Uh and Dallas. And they actually threw they had a they I mean they threw for 4500 yards and 25 touchdowns. They had some rushing stats too. So they would have been a top 12, I think 12th. Um but no it wasn't great. But the four years before that when I found a quarterback that had three receivers that finished top thirty-six, they finished in six-point-per-passing-touchdown leagues: fifth, tenth, second, and second. So usually it's it's a layup, you know, to have three court, three receivers in your top thirty-six, and for you it's top thirty-one. So think about that with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, he got, if if the three receivers hit, then he'll probably, you know, score a lot of fantasy points. I'm not saying to say he's going to play great, but he'll probably score a lot of fantasy points. Um, All right, so you said 13-ish, 14-ish quarterbacks you'd be happy with as your week one starter. What is your overall quarterback strategy, Jamie?
2: Um, Typically to wait. You know, I mean, I I, more often than not am going to end up with a lot of Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, uh, that quarterback group as my starter. Um, You know, going back to like the draft you did the draft that you put forth in our Tuesday stream um, the week that we're doing the quarterback preview, because I know people listen to this a little bit later, but you took a non-PPR, like you took Mahomes at the end of round two. Um, I think like round three is the earliest I would consider Mahomes, most, more times than not. Uh, I typically avoid a lot of the two through five quarterbacks just because of where they tend to go.
0: Yeah, and I took so we can just say I took him in the third round cuz I, I took him 24th, but you know, I had the first pick, McCaffrey, Mahomes and um I don't remember who my third pick, but doesn't matter, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, Hopkins. Hopkins. Okay. So, yeah, I I all right, we don't have to talk about too much about that, but I think in in our leagues, Mahomes will come off the board in round 3. In ADP, he's 13th. In our leagues, there's a big run of quarterbacks. It's usually Dak Murray, Jackson, and then Wilson at the end in like round five, six. And Allen sometimes Alan. make it there too. I feel like Allen usually kicks off the run, but he's, you know, a little earlier.
1: And then sometimes Jamie, he makes it to round five in our leagues.
0: And then Jamie talked about the next tier, which is where he usually lives with quarterbacks
1: is Brady, Rogers, Hertz, et cetera. Dave, how about you? I keep <laughs> Jamie's approach in mind. I know, I know that however my draft unfolds, I can wait to get a quarterback that I like in those later rounds. And that's really good value. But I also know that if, if I can get one of those top five quarterbacks in round five or even round six, I'm jumping on it. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking those guys. They feel safe. They feel like the only thing that can slow them down are injuries. And they produce really high numbers on a per game basis that I'm not sure those other quarterbacks that Jamie will get later will quite be able to match mostly because of their rushing abilities, because most of those guys will add some rushing numbers on top of what they do as a passer. So I'm looking for, I'm not going to say like a steal value, like because I don't think getting Kyler, Lamar, Dak in round five necessarily a steal, but I think it's a a fair value, a good value, and I don't mind getting one of those guys. So I'm targeting them. If I don't get one, I'm not going to sit and cry about it because I know I can wait at least a couple rounds later for Justin Herbert, Or even a couple rounds after that to get somebody like Brady, Stafford, Hurts, and just roll with those guys.
0: If listener drafts are more like average draft position, which is Mahomes 13th overall, Allen 21st, and then Kyler 32nd, Jackson 38th, Prescott 39th, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson 41st, 46th, respectively. So all of those guys, that's seven quarterbacks going in the first four rounds. Then do you wait and, you know, take Burrow in round seven? That's where his ADP is, you know. Then do you wait for the next tier? Is that too rich for you?
2: Um, It is for me, but it's almost like the tight ends. You know, it's just a little bit more robust. Great. Um, You know, great great or late. You know, so it's the, the great group is five guys. The tight end great group is three guys. And then the middle group of the quarterbacks you feel a little bit more comfortable with because Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert are tend to be those two guys that you look at. Uh, you could probably throw Aaron Rodgers in that conversation, too. I don't I don't, I don't consider Rodgers in that group, but most people probably do. Hmm. Um, and then the guys that you're taking later are in that category more so, you know, so uh, is it, it's too rich for me, you know, so I'll, I'll probably wait that out. But uh, I think a lot of people are going to look at that group as well because people tend to panic. You know, that's the thing we always see with with most fantasy drafts is if you miss on the top five guys and then you don't love or don't feel comfortable taking Russell Wilson <laughs> or Justin Herbert right after them. If you miss on those guys, then you're like, oh my god, what am I going to do? You know, and so Brady's usually the first one that goes, and then maybe Stafford or, or, or you know Rogers be the first one that goes. And then right. maybe Brady, uh, Stafford, you know, is is somebody that most other sites have a little higher than we do um burrow is is probably a little bit higher than than we have him and then Tannehill hill hurts the, yeah. the wild card who you said hurts and who hurts is the wild card you know just because i think either he is going to fall uh significantly further than those guys because of the concerns of the small sample size and what his receiving course to look like on top of his you know passing but i just think if he if he does play the majority of the season he could be the first four thousand one thousand guy
0: yeah, I'm not sure if you mentioned Jackson will also there.
2: this season as well. But Hertz, Hertz, I shouldn't say Hertz will be the first. Hertz could be a 4,000, 1,000 guy.
0: Okay. Uh, so, all right. So we'll come back to ADP in a little bit. We'll go through it. Does your strategy change in a four point per passing touchdown league?
2: It, it changes in regards record. to the the Brady's and the Rodgers of the world, and Hertz gets a little bit more of a bump. Um, I, I guess I keep forgetting a guy that I keep taking a lot of Ryan Tannehill. He should, he should, he should certainly yeah. get, get mentioned in that, in that group. Uh, for me, he's, he is in that uh, Wilson Herbert group um, in terms of ranking. He doesn't get drafted along with those guys, but to answer your question, Adam, yes, it changes because I, I think you look at the the mobile quarterbacks a little bit more um, heavily, you know? So if you want to buy into Lamar and Kyler, you should, if you want to buy into Hurts, uh, you should, you know, and then you probably want to avoid Brady and Stafford and Rodgers and the guys don't run that don't run as much.
1: I wouldn't say you avoid them. I just don't they think... Avoid you, them in you... terms of taking them where they usually go. Right. So in those leagues, because my approach is going to be the same because I think I'm looking for a fair value at quarterback just in general. So if I'm in a four-point-for-passing-touchdown league, I think that one of those top five quarterbacks will be there maybe in early round five. I don't think they're going to get gobbled up so fast and that they'll be like round 4 picks. So I'm just I basically have the same strategy 4.6 point. I'm going to look for those top 5 guys at a fair value and if I can't get them, oh well, I'll just find somebody else a little later on.
0: Yeah, just to give context to this though, let me give you a couple of stats here, a couple of comparisons. So 6 point for passing touchdown leagues, Allen Rogers, according to fftoday.com, Allen Rod, uh, Aaron Rodgers outscored Josh Allen by 17 points. But in 4 point leagues, Allen outscored Rodgers by five points. That's a 22-point swing between those two. It's not a huge deal, but it's something. Now this, though, Kyler Murray and Tom Brady, in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, they finished back-to-back. Murray was six, Brady was seven, and Murray was ahead by only 15 points. But in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, Brady was still seven, Murray was third, and he was 43 points ahead of Tom Brady. So that's, uh, you know, those mobile quarterbacks that score rushing touchdowns. No, I don't think Jack. I think Jackson was eighth.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, fourth was Mahomes. It was Allen, Rogers, Murray, Mahomes, Watson, Wilson, Brady. Uh, Tannehill was eighth, and then Watson, uh, Jackson was ninth.
1: Right. Jackson was tenth in six point for passing touchdown leagues. Yeah. So not and- <laughs> that much higher in four point.
0: And his fantasy point total from 2020 would have made him a top four quarterback in 2019. <laughs> top three if you remove 2019 Lamar Jackson uh just so he it's not like he had a bad year uh but he just he had a ba- he had a an average year I guess for 2020 standards he had a strong finish do you want to talk about two quarterback leagues we we'll have a separate episode with two quarterback where we we'll talk about two quarterback leagues um it's it's a really different strategy
1: it's completely different you've yeah. got to prioritize no the
0: guys are first round picks yes uh, it, okay so i want two of my top blank quarterbacks in a two qb league
2: 15
1: I can stretch that a little bit beyond fifteen. Probably say in the neighborhood of like twenty-three. Do you have like one of them to be a top? I mean,
2: getting and wanting—that like those are two different things in my mind. Like I want two of my top fifteen. I'm obviously going to, you know, probably not get them the way I draft. So.
0: All right. So do you play take a uh, all right Derek Carr versus Cam Newton in a one quarterback league you should take Cam Newton. Derek Carr has been a steady, like, top 18 per game quarterback, but only once has he been higher than 16th per game. Uh, Cam Newton, on the other hand, has a lot more upside, so there's really no reason to take Carr over Newton in a one-quarterback league. But in a two-quarterback league, Cam Newton might lose his job. Derek Carr is kind of steady Eddie. He can can deliver. He can be a top 20 guy. Do you take the safe play in the two-quarterback league? It's a general statement. You want to just use those two, for example, but... Do you play it safe or do you take upside with your second quarterback?
2: If my first quarterback is somebody that's got superstar potential and then I'm looking for the the, the second one, would I would prefer Cam Newton. Uh, but I'm going to take a third quarterback. And in some cases, if I know there's a chance that the guy I take is going to lose his job, like in Cam Newton's case, I'll probably take four and try and get Mac Jones also. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay.
0: All right. So ha- let's uh, let's play this game. What's more important to you? A top six, they keep saying top five tight end. That's fine. I think some people might put Wilson in there. Some people might put Herbert in there. Quarterbacks. Uh, Quarterbacks. Oh yeah, sorry. This is, question is about tight ends, though. How what's, much stake will I be taking today? <laughs> no, just Advil. <laughs> I feel like total crap. Uh, how? Uh, what's more important to you, that top six quarterback or getting one of Hawkinson, Pitts, Andrews? You might have to take that. You could take both but you might have to take them in the same range.
1: What's a bigger priority for you? PPR. I think the tight end is going to be the priority. Non PPR. Some of those quarterbacks, I think I would take ahead of Hawkinson and, and Pitts. So again, this comes down to, you know, how you,
2: how you like to build your team, because if the tight end hits, you're probably in better shape, but you know, those quarterbacks have a much more likelihood of hitting because they've done it before. So, that's right. You know, yeah. that, that's the, that's the, the things you have to ask yourself and, and how you build it's, it. Again, I'm going to go back to the team that you you put together, Adam. Like, You, you, you weren't comfortable with how it was being built when you took Mahomes in, this, in the third round. But when you look, take a step back from it, you have the best quarterback and the best running back, for example. You know, So if you have one of those top five quarterbacks, there's a good chance that you don't have to worry about, oh, I hope Jalen Hurts does this, or will Rodgers do this again? Uh, is Brady at 44 still going to be the same, you know, as opposed to knowing that you have that quarterback position locked up. But if the tight end hits, and then you pair that with, with a Tannehill or a Brady or, or Stafford, you know, then your team is probably in a better standing. Assuming you didn't take one of those top three tight ends or the tight end that you take didn't break out also.
0: Right. And we'll talk about this tomorrow on the tight end preview, but after those four five, six tight ends, the position, we don't know. I mean, there might be some breakouts. Goddard might be great. Troutman, who knows? But, it's obviously gets so much weaker than quarterback does, right? I mean you still have a nice fallback tier at quarterback. You're not gonna feel as comfortable with the tight ends after that.
2: But You're as- you're more likely though to take one of Pitts or Hawkinson or Andrews if you want to throw them in that conversation too, and end up with, you know, still a top eight quarterback.
0: Right. Right. Whereas if you pass those up, yeah you're, you're you're right. Yes. But Kyler Murray, as you said, Jamie, they've done it before. Kyler Murray was the number one quarterback before his shoulder injury. Dak Prescott finished as QB2 in 2019 and was pacing to be right up there in 2020. Uh, Lamar Jackson's already been QB1 before, so that's why people really gravitate to those players. All right, let's do some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Blank is my favorite sleeper quarterback. Dave?
1: Trey Lance is my favorite sleeper quarterback. I think that he's got... He's he's worth drafting with one of your last picks. He's worth keeping on your bench for as long as you possibly can. You should commit at least three weeks to it just to see what happens. And if he gets in there to play, watch out because his rushing ability is good. And his passing is turning out to be pretty good, too. Uh, I, I I think that there's all kinds of upside with Trey Lance. And if he plays most of the season, I think he's got a real shot to finish top 12 in points per game at quarterback.
0: Jamie, who's your favorite sleeper?
2: Trevor Lawrence. You know, I just think he's a guy you could take as your second QB. You can even take him as your starter and pair him with a proven veteran. Um, You're just hearing great things out of Jacksonville so far with how he's operating. The receiving core is solid. Uh, The running back out of the backfield is going to be great in ETN. Um, They're going to be chasing points a lot. So love the setup for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, they were seventh in pass attempts last year. You know, Urban Meyer wants to run the ball, but doesn't always work out as planned. All right, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, so a couple rookies. I think it's kind of interesting that, well, let's get to, let's go to breakouts. Let's go to breakouts. Who's your favorite breakout, Dave?
1: I wrote that Jalen Hurts was my favorite breakout, so I'll defend it for now. The training camp hasn't, hasn't turned out to be great for him so far. It's been very up and down, but we've already talked about it. The upside that he has as a rusher, where he could end up with over 1,000 yards, makes up for any shortcomings he has as a passer. It's just a matter of, is he going to have meltdown games where he has three interceptions in the same week that he has only 40 rushing yards and no touchdowns? Is, is his receiving core strong enough to make up for his off-target throws? Does he have a chance of getting benched for Joe Flacco if he can't put wins together? There's a lot that's in his favor, but he he has to work. He has to continue working on just being more accurate with the football. And if he can't do it, and we've seen quarterbacks struggle with that for the first couple of years of their career, then it's going to hurt his efficiency and hurt his upside as a fantasy quarterback. Okay, What a a great way for me to wrap up talking about my (laughs) breakup quarterback, right? Uh, The the flip side of that is that if if it's schemed up like like a typical West Coast offense, that means a lot of short, well-defined throws, quick reads, plus he's going to be able to run with the football. And so maybe he only throws 25 touchdowns, but he might run for 10 more on top of that.
0: Jalen uh, Hurts is Dave's pick. Um, all right. And go ahead, Jamie. Who's your breakout?
2: Hurts uh, would be mine also. But I, I also like Joe Burrow in this category. You know, I think you just look at what he was doing last year, um, where he was top seven in passing yards per game and pass attempts uh, before the injury. And you look at this receiving core adding Jamar Chase. Uh, the offensive line, you know, you can ask 10 different people, they'll give you 10 different opinions on this offensive line, but it's going to be better uh, just by the mm-hmm. addition of, of some of the guys that they brought in. And I think uh, he got unlucky with a couple 300-yard games last year where he had one touchdown or less. You know, so I think you look at the addition of Chase still having Higgins and Boyd on the rise, um, uh, a run game that I hope will support him and, and open some things up as well. So
1: uh, Burrow, to me, still has top 10 upside also. There is a report out there from The Athletic that he's gotten off to a terrible start in camp. Awful start, yep. And that he hasn't looked good. But I don't, I don't think we can really weigh that yet. I think if he continues to look bad as we get closer to the regular season, that's when I might, you know, throw up a red flag and say, watch out, Burrow could struggle this year. And I am still a little concerned about the offensive line. I know that Riley Reef has looked good in practice. That's great. But the, the rest of that offensive line still scares me a little bit. And it makes me wonder if Burrow is just going to get rid of the ball quick. And, you know, you just have to hope that he continues to have that high volume of passing in order to come through as a good fantasy quarterback.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't nearly as good as... Herbert last year. He just threw the ball a ton. And so did Herbert. I mean, they ran the most plays in football, the Chargers did. But um, Burrow threw over 40 times per game. He was good for a rookie, but he didn't, you know, blow the doors off of it by any means. And now he gets Jamar Chase, of course. But notice, everybody, that the two sleeper picks were rookies and the two breakout picks were sophomores. So that's usually where you find great value in unproven young players. After the first few years, you know you don't see a ton of breakouts typically. I think
2: Tom Brady's
1: been yeah.
0: breakout. It feels like a year. From.
1: <laughs> That's part of the problem with finding breakouts. Well, you could say Mayfield. There are so many established quarterbacks that are out there. Right. And I, I think if there's a dark horse breakout, maybe you call him a sleeper. Just sticking with the second year theme, it's Tua in Miami. Right. Tongue of the Viola got a bunch of new weapons this offseason. He's been hitting them in training camp. He's been looking okay. He'll run the ball a little bit himself. And, uh, you know, we can, we can talk about Miles Gaskin and how good he might be. I, I think that this offense is going to maybe shift a little bit more toward Tua if he continues to prove that he's accurate.
2: So for whenever anybody's listening to this, if you are listening to uh, our show live, so Thursday afternoon, we're going to have Pete Prisco. Um, I taped the interview with him because it was supposed to be today, but he was at Dolphins camp, and he uh, said he spoke to Brian Flores off-camera and was absolutely over the moon about Miles Gaskin. So that's a great sign oh, for good. Gaskin. But Pete, who's been very, um, not anti-Tua, but very you know questionable about Tua's uh, ability to be a, a star quarterback and, and where he was drafted and, and all the hype, living up to the hype. He said he was thoroughly impressed watching Tua. And he said the one thing about the Dolphins, and Pete preaches this for as long as I know him. He's been covering the league for over 30 years. Um, he said the Dolphins are going to have – one of the fastest receiving cores in the NFL. And that is going to be such a huge difference maker for Tua. Yeah. So Tua's got a great opportunity here. I, I would also say similar to Tua, Dave, it's a good call. Um, anytime a, a, a guy switches teams, has a chance to be, you know, a breakout type of guy, more of a sleeper based on his draft potential. But Sam Darnold, you know, if he can put things together, he's also a guy that's got a very good receiving core. He's got a coaching staff, I think that's going to, you know, benefit him. And not, again, somebody you're going to draft to be a starting fantasy quarterback by any stretch. But I think Tua, Darnold, Daniel Jones, you know, these guys that came in high draft picks that didn't get off to a good start, whether it's coaching, poor play, injuries, whatever the case may be. If they click and things go well for them, these are the type of guys that you end up by the end of the season streaming and using them in some key spots in your fantasy league. So they all kind of fall in the same category for me. Well, should you draft them as number two quarterbacks? You know, we've had this conversation quite a bit. You know, so like Dave and I were having this conversation Tuesday night about taking, you know, Dave took Darren Waller and then drafted a second tight end in, in Johnny Smith. And, you know, if you draft uh, one of these high-end quarterbacks, you take a second guy because he's the best player on your draft board or, you know, you think he has a chance to be one of these breakout type of players. It's certainly a good strategy if you think you're going to be able to trade one of them or in the case of injury or, you know, some some rough patches that your, your, your right. key guy may, may go through, you can turn to one of them. But, you know, like Dave brought up the point about sticking with Trey Lance for three weeks. That's a backup that you want to see if he's going to get a chance to start. If you see Tua struggling through three weeks, there's no way you're holding him. Correct. And then you may miss out on either, A, picking up a free agent in the first three weeks of the season, or not being able to get Tua back later in the year because you gave up on him and somebody else picked him up. So it's always the risk you run when, you know, you don't take a chance on maybe a lottery ticket running back or a high-end wide receiver. It's just a matter of how you want to build your fantasy roster. But if you have empty roster spots, taking one of these high upside type of players is certainly worth it.
0: All right, let's talk about bust then. You know, no, I want to continue this discussion, though, because I think outside of, you know, the top 15, I just think it's kind of hard to, to, on draft day at least, to identify a, a breakout. And I'm just looking at our ADP from last year. And most of the guys that were drafted yeah, – like, like, we did pretty well. right? ADP was pretty good. Ja- Lamar Jackson was one. He was a bust. Mahomes – No, we said that, though. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, he was a bust even – it didn't matter where you drafted him. The play
2: him. was a bust, yes. We said his draft value was a
0: bust. Yeah, nobody thought he was going to finish his QB 10. Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Prescott, Kyler, Wilson, Watson, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. That's probably about 12 or so. Um, you know, I, like Tannehill was a good pick. Um, who else was a good pick? I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was was almost undrafted, but I guess my point is all of the all of the mobile quarterbacks basically are being drafted as starters, except for Cam Newton, Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I don't know. I have a hard time finding. Maybe we're just doing a better job of identifying these guys, and they're being drafted well, I, I earlier. I think,
2: you know, for Cam, for example, if you were to say Cam's playing 16 games, or 17 games, excuse me, he's going to be drafted as a borderline starter. He, he'd be in the top 15 for me.
0: That's what I said. Hey, I said that last week. Yep. Remember? I was like, he's going to be fifth. That was my bold prediction. He's going to be QB 15 in ADP. I saw you move him up to 20 or 21. He's having a good camp. He looks like he's going to be the starter week one, as we're still more than a month away. But that's what it looks like right now, and he had 12 rushing Yeah, he's rushing someone I need touchdowns. to move in
2: my rankings, for sure. Right. And so, so I think that, Heath is the high guy, right? He has him somewhere near that range. And then, you, you know, F- Cam? Yeah. 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 I got him twenty-fifth.
0: Fields and Lance are very interesting. Watson obviously would, would
2: Fields and Lance him. could sway the quarterback position in a big way, you know, because uh, you know, you, you hear the reports. I saw Louis Lew, uh Lewis Riddick uh, of ESPN saying that Fields is just doing tremendous things that is not necessarily getting reported, but the apparently coaching staff loves him. And Lance is just you, you know. I mean, you see people doing victory laps because of how Trey Lance is looking right now. So wow. um, there's a, there, there's there's a lot to like about you know what he's potentially able to do. So both those guys, if they if they come in and and play to their pedigree, and and again, you get another Justin Herbert type situation where the rookie comes in and is all of a sudden fantastic without any sort of you know hesitation or or, or
1: you know stumbling. Uh, it could be it could be amazing, you know, for both those guys. Let's just make it clear that Lance has taken one first-team snap, yeah, through Tuesday's practices. He it's got so, one it's snap so on there.
2: mind-boggling because he looks awesome in every highlight you see, right? And everything you yep. read from beat writers to whatever, you know, like I, I was reading some today where you know now the the veteran guys on the 49ers are are talking him up, mm-hmm. and that's I usually somebody make the comparison of what the Seattle guys were saying about Russell Wilson in his rookie season mm-hmm. when they brought in Matt Flynn, who was expected to be a starter. All you hear from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is Jimmy Garoppolo is having his best offseason. He looks fantastic, you know, et cetera, et cetera, but the guy can't stay healthy. I mean, you know, he's had a hard time staying on the field. He's played one full season with the 49ers is the year they went to the Bowl. And so if Jimmy G is healthy, it's hard to see Trey Lance starting unless the team stinks, but I don't see a path to that team stinking unless they get hurt.
1: Could it possibly be that they're the coaching staff and, and, John Lynch are talking of Jimmy G in hopes of trading him before the season sure, starts I'm sure that's part and maybe of it. trying to pull I'm a sure. Philadelphia with I'm sure it's did. part of
2: let's, let's get the, the, you know, make sure the rookie doesn't get too full of himself too. You know, yeah, probably a lot of gotta that. Go out yeah. to win the job,
1: but, yeah. but once uh, the uh, veterans right, they, start it, talking it, about, it's play. a lot of,
2: it's a lot of hype for a guy doing a lot of things with the second team. Right, right, right. Probably but against once,
1: the second team defense. Once the veterans start talking, if, if Lance wins the locker room, it's not going to be popular if they stick with Garoppolo and that could cause some problems early on. All right, let's
0: go to our busts. Who are your busts? Dave, give me a busted quarterback.
1: I had a hard time finding a bust, but the one I'm going to go with is Aaron Rodgers, who's coming off of 29.1 fantasy points per game. That's the highest that he's had since 2011, when he had 30. For example, in 2019, 19.9 fantasy points per game. 2018, 21.8 fantasy points per game. You see a lot of other quarterbacks that are drafted around Aaron Rodgers. Brady gets his whole crew back from the Super Bowl run, Tannehill gets Julio Jones. Aaron Rodgers gets Randall Cobb. That's it. Uh, the schedule last year was very good for Green Bay. This year, it's harder. They've got the AFC North. They've got the, uh, the NFC West. It makes it tough, and his offensive line isn't going to be as good. Corey Lindsley's gone. Um, we, we don't know exactly what's going on at right tackle. So I'm a little nervous. I, I see people taking Aaron Rodgers. I know his NFC ADP. I believe it's a top 75 pick. I'm not comfortable taking him there. If I can get Rodgers later on on draft day, and I'm talking about after Brady and after Tannehill, I'm taking them, no problem. And I'll take him over Jalen Hurts for now. But I, I I don't see the appeal of racing to the league MVP. People have done that each of the past two seasons, and for whatever reason it hasn't worked out. And I imagine it's gonna happen again this year. All right. It's
2: not just league MVP, it's the number one QB. That just it doesn't get that that spot does not get repeated often yeah. um year over year. So Rodgers is 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 a good call. I I agree. You know the 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 funny thing is it's like, the you know I think Dave kind of talked himself into this also when he was saying it. It, It's Jalen Hurts could be a bust also. You know just based on what the expectations are. Uh, you know and and the the lack of a sample size, the lack of you know Devontae Smith not getting hurt, so the lack of you know Stark power at the receiver position. Um, you know so uh, I don't want to put him in that category because I do feel like he's got top five upside if he hits, but. it's hard to find a bus with those quarterbacks. It really is. You know, it, it comes down to draft value. And so if our CBS ADP holds um, where both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going to be borderline first round picks, if not in the first round, my next round of bus is going to have those guys as probably bus calls just because it's so hard to live up to those expectations. And you have yeah. so many other good players at the position. You know, like yeah. I, I would much rather pass on Mahomes and Allen in the first round if that's what anything close to what their ADP is going to look like. And we know. Look, our audience, I think, is a very well-educated audience, and I'm not saying that to, you know, kiss anybody's butt. Uh, but I, 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 lo- I love our, our listeners. But our site is still a paid site. People invest in this for a reason, and so it's the the more people that play in free leagues that do this for fun. They say I have to have a quarterback because they think that's the most important position. That's why those guys' average draft position gets pushed up a little bit. So. I think that's why, you know, you have to sort of be careful with how, how you view those things. But if, if people are taking quarterbacks in the first round, they're playing this game wrong. I don't think it's a bad idea to take one of those yeah. quarterbacks early if you think they're going to hit and be as successful as they could be. But the first round is not the place to do it.
0: Well, here's the thing. You know, Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback in football. He deserves to go first. As a player. Yeah. and and he But he deserves to go first. Everybody's mm-hmm. got him first. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, you could make such an easy argument for Kyler or Dak or Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen, or at least you could see how any of them finishes ahead of Josh Allen. Allen's so, not two for me, Lamar is. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, Allen is, is no. a is basically a consensus number two in average draft position. You know, he's he's at least eleven picks ahead of the rest of them. Uh that to me makes him not not necessarily a bust, but somebody that I'm never taking. You know, because I think everybody sort of has that tier after Mahomes of Two through, whether it's five, six, or seven, if you're including Wilson and Herbert in there. But at least two through five of Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. So I think our advice, and don't interrupt me unless you disagree because I just want to move on. Our advice is try to get the last guy in that tier. Don't take the first guy in that tier. And the first guy in that tier is always Josh Allen, it seems. So that's just something to keep in mind. And also, like, it just seemed like everything went right for Josh Allen last year. You know, it was this blessed year where all his receivers stayed healthy and his offensive line was good and healthy, and the running back stunk and he got his eight rushing touchdowns. It just like, it was just this perfect year. So, I, I'm okay. Now you can answer just to clarify. You guys don't see that big of a gap between him and QB5,
2: right? No, no. not at all. Right. I, 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 the reason I have Jackson higher than Allen <laughs> is I've seen Lamar Jackson's ceiling. And I don't know if Josh Allen can get to that ceiling. So I think if Allen and Jackson play their best years, and you can make an argument that both have each of the last two seasons, that may be the best they ever get. But I think Lamar Jackson's ceiling is higher. So I would rather take the chance on the ceiling play. They're so close. They're so, they're so close. I just get a little nervous, and I've, I, I felt this way about Cam as well. Uh, when you rely on your quarterback's rushing production to come from rushing touchdowns, if those go away, it's a huge problem. And so, if like I know Lamar is going to run, he doesn't have to score you know eight touchdowns to be a good running quarterback. I think Josh Allen has to get five plus touchdowns to be a good running quarterback. But he's given you at least eight every year of his career. Right. But at some point, those start to go away. And, sure. And, but I don't you think know, the, you've, the you've bills heard are off that season way. about them having to get better running the ball. Whether it happens, we don't know. But they're going to try. And you don't want to put your quarterback in these situations of getting hit unnecessarily. And I think that's one area where especially short area, you know, scenarios, you can make things a little bit better for Josh Allen. So I agree with you to a certain extent, Adam, what we said about, you know, everything sort of fell into place. I do think he's coming into his own. He's a fantastic. He's a star. You know, he's oh, yeah, an yeah. star. I, I think he's and, great. Yeah. And, and I say this, you know, th- this is a negative for Josh Allen. It's just I, I think Lamar Jackson, as we've seen, you know, he, he had a record breaking season. And last year, it feels like everything almost fell apart for him whereas he's getting pieces and and, and, and hopefully healthy from the, the COVID situation. But um, I think if if you tell me again right now,
1: both guys hit their ceilings, Lamar Jackson could be better. If both guys uh, hit their ceilings, I agree. But I think if both guys hit their floor, I, I, this sounds funny because we've seen Josh Allen play way worse than he has last year, but I don't think he ever goes back to that stage. No. He's, I think he's, he's got are, a higher floor than Lamar. And so if the if the gamble is that I miss out on two to four points per game, by taking uh, Allen over Jackson, I think I can live with that. Okay. Because I, I think Jackson's floor is worse than Allen's. And, and and Kyler should be in this conversation too. You know, I, I think, it, and it's funny, because Dak
2: is probably the consensus fifth, uh, because for two reasons. One, everybody's going to remember what happened last year, and you always, you know, you, 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 that sticks in the back of your mind. Right. But he's not going to run to the same level as the other two guys in terms of Lamar and, and Kyler. He's going to run. But I think everybody views Josh Allen as the better passer, which he probably is. Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's and,
0: clarify. Dak is not going to run to the level of Josh Allen either, based on recent history.
1: Shouldn't, no. Yeah. Right. I, I hope he runs to the level of Dak Prescott circa 2019. Right. But he's the lowest, he's the the fewest rushing yards of that group. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And, and I think that's what puts him fifth. But, you know, again, you said it. He was number two two years ago and trending to be one last year based on mm-hmm. points per game. Yeah. So, you know, uh, to to wrap up your point, Adam, yes, you wait for the fifth guy. The fifth guy is usually Dak, and you should be happy about that. Yeah. And and, and this hey, shoulder situation that he's dealing with should drive the price down, too.
0: And, and, and I could easily see a case for Wilson. Well, I'm just going to tell you, and we're going to take a break after this and get into ADP, but I, I want to give you a Russell Wilson stat, if you don't mind. Be very quick here. Russell Wilson, where are you in my notes? Okay, so... Um, Oh, son of a b! I'm on the wrong document. Okay, Russell Wilson, your MVP. You still your MVP? <sighs> oh, hold on. I'll get back to that. Only that's twice, a different document, Jamie. Only twice <laughs> in the last yeah Adams dumb predictions dot doc. Only twice in the last six seasons has Wilson finished outside the top four in six point per passing touchdown leagues, or outside the top six in four point per passing touchdown leagues. He's actually better in six point leagues. Throws so many touchdowns. So twice in the last six seasons, he's been worse than fourth. In six-point-per-passing-touchdown leagues, those two years were 2000. I want to say 16 when he hurt his ankle in week one. Played basically the entire year with a bad ankle. In 2018, he had like 430 pass attempts, which is an incredibly low number. When he hasn't been either hampered physically or by the offensive structure, he has been a top four quarterback. So. Or top six in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. So, you know, don't discount Russell Wilson. I, I predicted he would be the MVP because I just feel like the entire franchise, like, this has to be the year that they prop up Russell Wilson. They do everything they can. I'm just a little nervous because he has a new offensive coordinator, and I don't like that.
2: Well, yeah, but everything you're hearing is yeah. just magical. My gosh, like, yeah. you know, what DK Metcalf is saying, what Tyler Lockett is saying, you know, it's a— uh, uh, Gerald Everett if he's not on your sleeper list by now you're missing the, the the bus potentially and what he could do as as their third maybe pass catcher but um, there's just a tons of to like about Russell Wilson this year because again I think people remember the failure at the end of the season and how much he struggled when he was trending toward being it's like Kyler Murray one of the best fantasy quarterbacks last year and then for Kyler it was a shoulder for Russell it was the shift in offensive philosophy I think that's out the window I think they're going to let him be Russell Wilson and it's going to have he's going to have a chance for a huge year. So he's he's right there with Dak for me. He's the sixth quarterback and and I think he's uh he's one of those guys like if you are going to take that middle tier of guys,
1: uh he's the top one for sure. So just one last point. Word is getting out about what this offense is going to look like and it sounds like it's going to be up tempo, quick pace, shorter throws. That means more attempts for Russell Wilson and if you look at his first 8 games of last year, he averaged 37.1 pass attempts. And he had 34.4 fantasy points per game. I'll spare you all the other impressive stats. That's what you care about is 34 fantasy points per game. And then in those last eight games, he didn't throw as much. So if he's throwing a little bit more, and this will take a little bit more research to really be confident and maybe putting Russell Wilson, maybe you put him ahead of Dak at this point. But it sounds like if the goal of the offense is now to just take a lot of shorter throws and let Russ make them, just by the nature of efficiency and the way that he plays and the way that quarterbacks play and put up numbers when they throw a lot, he's going to put up really good stats.
0: Okay. And, yeah, I mean, you might be able to wait an extra round and get Russell Wilson. Now, last thing before we go to break, and then we'll come back, I promise. Uh, Wilson or Herbert? you guys, I know, Jamie, you're like, Wilson. How about you, Dave?
1: I've got Herbert right now, but the more I think about this Seattle offense, the more I – and I think both these offenses might end up being the same. The more I think about Russ, the more I like him. So I'm not going to commit to Herbert over Wilson for the rest of the way. But for now, that's how I have it. The thing that's nice
2: about Herbert is better offensive line. So that could help him Uh, bringing back basically his same weapons. The loss of Hunter Henry, we'll see what they do, but hopefully a whole season of Austin Eckler. I think that'll be big for him. Uh, Josh Palmer, I think is going to be a good weapon for them. A guy that they drafted out of Tennessee. And I think Mike Williams is this year's Corey Davis, this year's Devontae Parker. You know, the guy that's left for the scrap heap because of his failed production as a top first or in the upper echelon first round pick. You know, top ten overall pick. Uh, he's going to have a huge season uh, along with Keenan Allen. So there's a lot to like about Justin Herbert as well. But I think Wilson's ceilings higher.
0: So I actually think that I'm not saying I believe this. I actually think I can make the one of the easiest bust cases of all quarterbacks for Herbert. Um, yeah, I've seen some people yeah.
2: say that too. Yeah,
0: and I know he's not very high on him. I'll make that bus case, and you guys can refute it when we come back on fantasy football today. So Justin Herbert was a star last year. He was a top-10 quarterback, and he uh, was on pace for 4,625 yards, 33 touchdowns, plus another 250 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. He only played 15 games. His 16-game pace was crazy. Um, the bust case, to me, it's it's Joe Lombardi, who basically, if you look at the throws that, that uh, Herbert was making, he was better when he was throwing the ball down field more, when they got conservative late in the year and they started throwing more to Eckler and they started throwing shorter, Herbert's fantasy points really cratered. that He wasn't nearly as good in his last six games. Um, Lombardi is the Saints guy who really failed as the Lions offensive coordinator. Stafford did not do well with him. It just wasn't a good fit. So I just, I don't know. I, I mean, you got to think he, it's been a while, right? It's been several years since that. He's probably learned from it, but... I don't know that the Saints' offense caters to the strengths of Justin Herbert. Also, they ran the most plays in the NFL last year. So, just from a volume standpoint, their defense should be a lot better. From a volume standpoint, um, you know, that should come down from Herbert for Herbert. And uh, it's not a great receiving core. And finally, I think the schedule, Dave, is going to be much tougher. It was a pretty easy schedule. Now, he did well when he faced tough opponents last year, but he had a pretty cake schedule last season. As I recall, it's not that easy this year.
1: He's got the fourth worst projected strength of schedule in my ratings. So AFC North matchups, NFC East matchups. He's got to play the Patriots. He's got to play the Vikings on top of all that. So the schedule is definitely tough. And the Broncos are better. That's a great call. I love Denver's defense. This year in Kansas City's defense isn't going to be easy. You look at how he did last year. It was 25.5 fantasy points per game. That's pretty good. That's hard to look away from. And I think he has room to improve. His touchdown rate was only 5.2%. His bad throw rate was 12th worst among quarterbacks at 18%. He only averaged four rushes per game. He had over 2,000 yards uh, to his pass catchers come after the catch. So he was just throwing short, dinking and dunking, and his receivers were making plays. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. And, and I think that Lombardi might have been bad for the Lions, but the one thing Lombardi did when he was in Detroit is lean on his quarterback. They were 60-40 at minimum when Joe Lombardi was calling plays. And I think by the time Lombardi got fired in his second year there, they were over 70% throwing pass plays there. So I think this offense is going to revolve around Herbert. I think Herbert's still going to have – he's going to have a better offensive line. The early reports on their first-round pick at left tackle have been great. And they got Rodgers' old center there. Corey Lindsley's there. So I think that there, there, there is appeal for Herbert, but I think there's no doubt about it, and this is just me thinking out loud in real time. If you think that Russ has upside to go back to where he was in those first eight games because he's throwing more, and that's what the word is out of Seattle, then you can't take Herbert ahead of Russell Wilson. You've got to put Russ ahead of him.
0: Yeah, I and I take Brady ahead of Herbert, and I don't think anybody does. ADP certainly doesn't, but I, I just... The argument for Herbert is: Who cares about all the negative things I just said? He just had one of the best quarterback seasons ever for a rookie. And did you see Herbert? He's out. He's tremendous. I mean, he's super fun. Um, but I don't know. I, just I just see maybe a step back. Brady was better than him last year. And Brady, we can we can segue to him. Last seven games of the year, he was the number three quarterback per game. Uh, and those were all with Antonio Brown. First game with Antonio Brown was a disaster. He scored like three points against the Saints. After that, he was great. And then in the playoffs, he really, his numbers weren't even that good in the playoffs. So He played four games, uh, three of them on the road. And he scored at least 24 fantasy points in, in all four of them. And, and in three of them, he completed like 55% of his passes. So he was a little off, and yet he still fell into a lot of production. So you guys would both take Herbert over Brady. Um, I think Brady's pretty safe. Yeah. And that's the word. And in Bruce Arian's offense, he's just going to throw a ton uh, and it's loaded. I mean, they're just absolutely loaded.
2: He, he's getting two weapons back that he didn't have last year. OJ Howard for the majority of the season yeah. uh, reports are he's you know coming back fine from the uh, Achilles injury and apparently looking great. And Giovanni Bernard. And we right. know what that role has been for Brady over the course of his career in New England. You know, just having a better pass catching running back. So it's one of the best offensive lines in of football, one of the best play callers in football, and a guy who's obviously still motivated to put up big numbers. Uh, I think one nice storyline for Brady, which my guess is he's going to try to get there, I think he's got to average something close to 300 yards per game. I don't remember what it is to go into New England um, in in the early part of the season to break Drew Brees' record in Foxborough. I'm going to guess that's something he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know for for a guy that you know has that jordan quality of, of motivating himself so i think going to get off to a good start uh, you know they have you think uh, you ability. think against
0: dallas and atlanta in weeks 1 and 2 <laughs> he's going to yeah, average should. 400 yards might for get game those right games.
2: exactly they, they have uh, they have the ability to kill you in so many ways because um, they have arguably the best three receiver group in the football they have one of the best two tight end sets in football. If OJ Howard is right, and Gronk's still you know doing Gronk things, um, they have you know a rotation of of running backs that they can use, and, and certainly you know one and a half guys in terms of how they are as pass catchers because Gio, I think is really good, and and Fournette was better than expected last year, so it, it's it's just it, it it's it's tough to bet against Brady. I think safe is right, but I wouldn't discount his upside either, Adam. It's not a bad call to take Brady over Herbert, and I think. Um, you know Brady has I don't know if Brady has top five upside because he's going to need a 5,000 yard season for that to happen and probably 50 touchdowns because he doesn't run, but he can get there with a yeah. the 17 game.
0: Yeah, so let me just say this I, if I were doing rankings, I personally would have Brady over Herbert, but th- but what, my point is ADP gives you a nice little cushion. I mean, Herbert, you, you, that, could be a, that could be two rounds um, if you think they're similar. Um, but then again, we've never really seen what Herbert can do, and he was on pace for 250 rushing yards, and that is a big deal. All right, so now right, let's but, take a look but Brady at Brady. has
2: 80. a 5,000-yard season on his resume. I know it's 100 years ago, but uh, Bruce Arians two years ago had a 5,000-yard quarterback, and that was Jameis. Yeah. And, and Brady, you know, again, Super Bowl hangover. You can worry about that. You can worry about them looking ahead to the Super Bowl because they have a team that's built to get there again. That could obviously be a factor, but I do think Brady is going to want to go into Foxborough with the chance to break that record there, and he's probably going to do it.
0: Yeah, those last seven games I talked about when Brady was QB3, he was actually on pace for 5,100 yards and 46 touchdown passes in 16 games. I don't expect that, but, but he was great. All right, so here we go. Average draft position has Patrick Mahomes, number one, and 13th overall. We're not going to take him there. And I don't want to shortchange Mahomes, but I'm going to shortchange him a little bit. Let's not spend too much time on him because he's QB1. When would you take Mahomes?
1: I would start considering it in round three.
2: Round round three in most 12-team PPR leagues. In a 10-team league, I would consider it at the back end of round two because you have the ability to get a little, little bit better players as the draft unfolds. Yeah, so 10-team sure. league, I would do that. And then in a super flexing. So we're doing a super flex draft on, on Thursday. I have the second pick. Uh, Mahomes is there. I'm going to take Mahomes. Mm,
0: okay. Uh, but who would you take first? I would take McCaffrey. Okay. Josh Allen is QB2. He's 21st overall. And then Kyler, Jackson, Prescott, they're all round three to round four picks, 32nd, 38th, and 39th. But they're all at least you know about a round after Josh Allen. So when do you think that group of four, Allen, Murray, Jackson, and Prescott, and for Dave, QB2 is Allen. For Jamie, QB2 is Jackson. When should QB2 come off the board?
1: If I'm really stuck on finding a player I like in late round four, and the number two QB I like is there for me. It's Alan for everybody listening. It might be somebody else. That would be the absolute earliest I would do it. But that would be just in, in the perfect storm of everybody left on the board at running back receiver and tight end just isn't as appealing, doesn't have the same type of upside. I'd be far more comfortable, like I said, going into round five and hoping that one of those four remaining top five quarterbacks were there.
0: Yeah, and that's what happens in NFC. I mean, the NFC ADP is so different than the Fantasy Pros ADP, and I don't quite know what to make of that. The NFC is the more expert drafters; it's high stakes, so um, more invested in it. Probably fewer auto drafts, but I don't know that for sure. But I, I am hoping this Fantasy Pros ADP is wrong, and that they're not all going off the board in the first four rounds. Those top, but five that's the thing, though. It's it's they probably are. I hope not, but you're you know you could be right.
2: It, it, you know. They're and, not and all going to be there you know, at the end of round
0: five. That's for sure.
2: Again, you know, I, 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 anybody who listens to our show for a long time, you know I'm always wait on quarterback. But you, you I, I just wanted to keep bringing up your drafts. You just did this. So you drafted those three players first. McCaffrey, Hopkins, Mahomes, whatever the order was, with the, the latter two.
0: Non-PPR.
2: Non-PPR. I would not have taken Mahomes there in full PPR. Only in non non Non-PPR. But whatever the format is. Let's just forget about format. Your second running back was Javante Williams. Your flex was David Johnson. Your three receivers were... Uh, Hopkins, Cooper, Cup, if I'm not mistaken, and Cooks. Brandon Cooks, yeah. And you look at it and you say, "I don't love it." I don't. But then when you take a step, you take a step back from it, and you say, "I have the number one quarterback. I have the number one running back. I have a top three to five wide receiver." Now, what I would have done if I go this route, and I think if anybody does take Mahomes early, is especially if you get a player like McCaffrey or, or you know Cook or Henry or, or or Kamara, whatever the format may be, is lean into that and take the tight end instead of taking, yeah. you know, maybe the second receiver or whatever, you know, take most likely the group of Andrews Pitts, or, or Hawkinson. And then by the end of the season, you're probably second running back is not going to be anybody close to your draft or in your case, like you took Javante Williams. He's a star by that point, right? you know, or, or, or certainly a, a capable starter. And that's the hope. So if you do take the quarterback early, you got to hope that he's, not hurt or struggles like Lamar did last year or gets hurt like Dak did, but think about where you know th- those guys typically finish. Now, the flip side of that is obviously you-, you end up with the guy that gets drafted outside the top 12, which has happened each of the last three seasons with Mahomes, Jackson, and Rodgers. But who's that guy going to be this year? Is it well, going to be Hurts?
0: Let me, let me ask you why you're so... Con- all right, first of all, I-, I know I think Jamie's up against a little bit of a time limit here. No, I'm okay. All right, well, well, we're at almost 56 minutes, so I I want to try to wrap this up in about 10 minutes, but here we go. Um, Why are you so confident? Jamie, more confident than Dave, but everybody's confident in Lamar Jackson after his disappointing season. Why are we all just sort of dismissing it?
1: Because they figured things out toward the end of the year that should make you feel confident that Lamar Jackson can be... uh, um, I I feel like they kind of limited him as a rusher in the first half of the year, And then they went through that bout of COVID that went through the team. And by the end of the year, I think Lamar Jackson was putting it all together. And I know that they're trying to improve their passing game to just force defenses to start making some tough choices. Yeah, but what happened at the the end of the year? They they stopped throwing. I think he's got a chance to see his efficiency go up because his receivers, well, they just cut Miles Boykin today. Boykin was a problem in that passing game. He made mistakes. Bateman hopefully it's not, it's will not, not just make that mistakes, is. and it's Watkins who won't make mistakes. Yeah, well, And also Willie
2: Sneed is a solid player, but he's not a star player or a difference-making type. Right, They upgraded He's a guy him. that does good things for a team, but he's better suited as a fourth receiver than a second receiver. You, you have an ability right now to throw the ball at a higher level. Rashad Bateman is making plays and looking like a legit star-caliber player. He may not be a star fantasy player on this team because of the limited amount of attempts that they're going to have. Even if they increase their attempts, they're not going to be – in the upper half. They're going to be in the bottom half of attempts. But like Dave said, Watkins is better as the second or third guy. Bateman is better as the second or third guy. Marquise Brown, if he's healthy, has a chance to hopefully build on what he did a couple of, uh, uh, the end of last season, you know, the final stretch of games. But take that next step in his third game, third season as, as a receiver. And Mark Andrews, we know if he had more targets would probably be contending to be a top three tight end because he's got that type of upside and that type of touchdown potential. So, you factor in anything he does better as a passer, which I think he's underrated as a passer and gets knocked too much as a passer. But that rushing ability, he can always fall back on that. Always. Yeah, well, lost that's what he did. He year.
0: stopped throwing the ball. That That's when he got good. last five but, games and, and of the year, 20 like, times a game. You know, if things go south early throw. in the season.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to throw more. That's if bad things for him. go south early in the season, you know that they'll go back to that.
0: I guess. I guess that's true. It's weird. I, just, I mean, again, you, you know, want him running.
2: I, I, I think you're going to see more people draft Josh Allen and probably Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson. I get it because you saw what they did a year ago and you saw what Lamar did a year ago. But I'm going to go back to two years ago when he was the MVP of the NFL and just was an absolute monster doing everything. Um, I think he can do that again. I just think there's so much upside for Lamar Jackson. So when shock me if he's QB1. He had okay.
1: five touchdowns to Mark uh Ingram that year, didn't he? Yes. From, I think, yeah, but Henry. he threw under forty touchdowns as a whole, you know, as a passer. So right through thirty six. But I wonder if that's some like if they're trying to find ways for him to throw more touchdowns and get creative in the red zone, going to the running backs, and that's something that we've heard a lot about this offseason is getting the running backs involved in the passing game. That stuff will help Lamar Jackson too, and I don't think that the coaching staff will be resistant at all to having Lamar run, whereas I think they might have been in the first half of last year.
0: I forgot to plug a new podcast that we have. It is a DFS fantasy football podcast. So check it out. Shrag, are you there? Can you hop on? Yeah, what's up? What's the details of the podcast?
1: The details are Frank Stample, Mike McClure, Sia Najad, two times a week, breaking down DFS. Trailer is out right now. First episode will drop Tuesday, August 10th. So you can download and follow it wherever you listen to FFT. Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast.
0: Excellent. All right, so our our top five quarterbacks: Mahomes, Allen, Kyler, Jackson, Prescott. That's an ADP. Herbert six, Wilson seven. We talked about them. Aaron Rodgers is eight. Then Tom Brady, then Ryan Tannehill, and then Joe Burrow, and then Jalen Hurts, and they're all into round se- they're rounds uh, six through seven. Brady, Tannehill, Burrow, Hurts. So Rodgers is currently going ahead of that group of Brady, Ryan, uh, Brady Tannehill, Burrow, and Hurts. Should he be going ahead of them?
1: You know my answer. Well, I don't know exactly yeah. where you have them slotted. I've got him behind those guys. All of them? I've got um, it Brady, Tannehill, Rodgers. Then Hurts. Then Hurts. Okay.
2: Yeah, I have Hurts ahead of him as well. So the other guys also. Um, the thing that I, I think, you know, and, and you can buy into this narrative if you want to, uh, we saw Rodgers last year... Pissed off because they drafted Jordan Love. Is he pissed off again about everything that's happening? He's going to go out and have a monster season. He certainly could, um, but I just think that there. It just it just feels something like. I I don't know if he's going to have a, a, a slight statistical decline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. Just, the offensive line is going to be an issue, as <laughs> as Dave said, you know, and we all – you know, Dave didn't mention this, but we don't know if David Bakhtiari is going to be back at one hundred percent to start the season. He's trending in the right sure. direction, but. You know, we just don't know, and that's a huge potential problem for them. Um, it's funny because I saw somebody list the, the the size of the offensive line, and he's the smallest guy, six foot four, and however much he weighs. <laughs> so they 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 got a little bigger up there. Corey Lindsay wasn't exactly the biggest center, but um, they they got a little bigger on the offensive line. So maybe that helps. But in any event, um, I think Rogers, if if he's a little bit lower, is a great value pick. But I just think like Brady, like you said feels a little bit safer and, and could have just as high of a ceiling. Uh, I think hurts. I'm going to gamble on his rushing ability, putting him in a different category. And then uh, Tannehill, I think is just criminally underrated over the last two seasons. He's getting more love this year because of the addition of Julio Jones, but it's almost like people forgot what he's done since he took over from Marcus Mariota in week seven of the 2019 season.
1: He's been fantastic ever since. He's given you at least 20 fantasy points in 21 of his last 26 games.
0: Yeah, his passer rating is 111.3 since he became the starting quarterback.
1: And if you want to compare schedules, his <laughs> first nuts. five games are the Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, Jets, Jaguars.
0: And he also rushes. So his so 16-game yeah. pace since becoming the starting quarterback is less than 4,000 passing yards, but 275 rushing yards per 16 games, seven rushing touchdowns. He's obviously been lucky with touchdowns. 111.3 passer rating is insane. I think that's uh, the second-best in that stretch. Um, but yeah, Rogers had the high Rogers had the highest touchdown rate in football last year. And it wasn't close. I did want to say this about Kyler Murray. We haven't really talked about him of the top 10 quarterbacks from last year. Kyler Murray had the lowest touchdown rate. So you could say that there might be some miss, some better fortune coming his way. He didn't even throw 30 touchdown passes. And you know, a lot of quarterbacks did last year. This
2: receiving court got better too. You know, if, yes, if AJ green is anything close to what's being reported, from DeAndre Hopkins to Kyler Murray, to the the press, uh, the media in Arizona, you know, he, he looks great, you know, looks rejuvenated and and uh, probably no surprise that he's an upgrade over Larry Fitzgerald, but he's an upgrade over what he was last year. That's, that's tremendous. And Rondell Moore today is getting a lot of love too, you know? So that's another guy that just gives another addition to this receiving core on top of whatever Christian Kirksell has to offer. He's been battling a little bit of an injury. Hopefully he's back. That's, Something Cliff Kingsbury loves is having four receivers he can put on the field that he can rely on, and now it seems like he may have that.
0: All right, so, so, so let me – uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, yeah. I know uh,
1: we're a little short on time.
2: Stafford or, or Burrow?
1: I have Stafford by a spot.
2: Yeah, Stafford for me. Uh, I'm glad the thumb – or, yeah, the thumb injury is, is not a problem. But uh, Peter King – I think I've said this before, but Peter King um, on the Dan Patrick radio show uh, maybe a week ago, he said following the Cam Akers injury he wouldn't be surprised if – Stafford leads the NFL in pass attempts and passing yards.
1: Right. So, we talked about that with RJ earlier this week. Yeah, he's
2: got he's got the chance to do that.
0: All right, so then after we get to that, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's 14th, right? So that's kind of this spot where, all right, now the options, maybe there's some upside here, but you don't necessarily want these guys as your week one starter. We got Matt Ryan. Uh, Deshaun Watson's obviously a different case. Just give me a quick answer. If Deshaun Watson is playing week one for the Houston Texans, which doesn't seem <laughs> realistic... But if he's playing week one for the Texans, where would Watson be in your rankings?
1: Six. Yeah.
0: Okay. Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Baker May- Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins. Who would you gravitate toward in that group? Ryan, Watson, Mayfield, Cousins. And the, when you talk about Watson, now the hypothetical is off. Now it's just what we know now. He's on the Texans. We have no idea what his future is. So Ryan, Watson, Mayfield, Cousins.
1: Cousins. If I'm in, If I'm in a one-quarterback league... And it's a late pick. It's probably going to be Watson, just to see what happens. If it's in a league where I care about what my second quarterback is, or a super flex league or a two quarterback league, it's Cousins easily. Cousins is finished. I'm going to put one more guy in this group, and it's Saint starter.
0: Well, do you feel that way now without Michael Thomas? I, yeah.
1: Yep. I don't because Especially I got a feeling it's if Jameis starts, we're still going to see a lot of Taysom. I would only feel okay if was Aston, Aston, no.
0: Okay. And Cousins,
1: right. by the way, last half
0: of the year, he threw like 40 passes a game and was absolutely right. outstanding. So he's been incredibly efficient with the Vikings. And I know if he throws more, his efficiency will probably go down. But he's, he's averaged well over eight, yard, over eight yards per attempt in his last two seasons.
2: So um, if they throw more, he could be a little sneaky. How uh, many quarterbacks uh-huh. ahead of him have the receiving core that he has, the top two guys that he has?
1: Not uh, two guys or three guys, because you can throw Irv Smith in there too. Tannehill's better.
0: Mahomes is better when you factor in Kelsey. I think you gotta say Brady's better. Brady's better.
2: Yep. Burrow's better. Is he? Top two.
1: Uh, Top two. Mm -hmm. Top two. No. Top three. yes. Yes. Right.
0: Well, no. So that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what Thielen is at this point. Right, it feels oh, like. Don't
1: write him off that quickly. He's not done. I'm just well, saying. I don't was know what he is. T- he was saved by touchdowns last year. I you got to be a little If, if he doesn't about score double digit touchdowns, I don't know if he's nearly as good. He's, in fact, I know he's not.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's go to our next group here. It's uh, Fields, Roethlisberger, Lance, and Tua. Who do you take there? L- Fields, Roethlisberger, Lance, and Tua.
1: I'm drafting Lance.
2: If I need a starter, I'm drafting Roethlisberger. If I need a high upside guy, I'd probably be Fields and then Lance.
1: No, not, but but we still like Tua. We still like Tua. I like Tua better than Roethlisberger. Right, this
0: is a nice little range here in a 2QB league, I guess. Well, I guess I can't really say that because Fields and Lance, we don't know when they're going to play. You've got to figure Fields is going to play. Lance, we already discussed. Um, Roethlisberger, Tua. All right, so then we have Carson Wentz, who I don't think anyone's going to be rushing to take him. Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who... I don't know. Feels a little underrated, yeah. Based on what he's done compared to the next guy, like the next guys after him are Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. So it's Carr, Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson. Zach looks Wilson. awesome.
2: You know, we keep saying Fields and and Lance. Wilson was drafted ahead of those guys. Yeah, he, he's, playing. he's playing. He's and, playing, and he looks great.
0: But would you take him over Ryan Fitzpatrick? No way. <laughs>
1: right. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't even need to give the numbers, y'all know. He's basically he kind of like what Dave said about Tannehill scoring a certain amount of points, twenty-one out of twenty-six weeks. Uh, Fitzpatrick has something like that going on since he
2: became the starter. It's weird though because you gotta you gotta adjust a little bit because some of the games he didn't start.
1: Right. I don't. I did If you it he averaged twenty-two point three fantasy points per game.
0: He actually quite convenient. He had a seventeen-game stretch of starts. Uh, from week seven of 2019 to week six of 2020 in those 17 games, he threw for 4,600 yards, 28 touchdowns. He also added 359 rushing yards and six and then touchdowns. criminally benched and then benched. He basically his, his uh, points per game would have been, would have made him QB eight in 2019 and QB 12 in 2020. That's what Fitzpatrick did with the dolphins. I will say he had pretty easy matchups. But still, you were talking about a guy who was a top-12 quarterback in either format. Um, the rushing production may be a little fluky, but like I don't see how you can take Daniel Jones over him. Or, or as we just said, Zach Wilson. Uh, is there anything to say about Daniel Jones? I mean, you know, there's it's a much better situation now than it was. And he will rush a lot. He was on pace for almost 700 rushing or 650 rushing or something like that. The year before that, he was on pace for almost 400 rushing yards. So... He could be a top-five rusher among quarterbacks.
2: If Kenny Galladay is healthy, obviously the receiving core is better with the addition of Tony and Galladay. So that's a plus. Barkley back is a huge plus. Uh, offensive line should still be better than what it was a year ago as they get better, you know, just more continuity and uh, hopefully another year in, in the great Jason Garrett system. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that they had a brawl and he was the one at the bottom of the pile. Is that the team piling on him? Or is that just <laughs> unfortunate luck that he was, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah. Um, Look, he's got a lot to prove. I'll go back to what I said about you know the 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 three quarterbacks. There's probably another one or two he could put in that category, uh, but Jones, Darnold, Tua, you know, off to poor starts to start their NFL careers, and uh, you know you hope in the case of of Jones that better talent around him helps him improve this year because there's still a lot to like. You know, it, it it's hard to to look at the the handful of games he had as a rookie. When he was over 30 fantasy points per game a few times. Three times, yeah. Uh, and and say that that's total fluke. Obviously, some of it was fluky, but total fluke. You know, so he's got the chance to be a good player. He just has to do it more consistently because you like that rushing floor. And so hopefully Galladay's healthy and, and Ingram can catch the ball and you know, a lot of things come into place. But it just feels like there's so many ifs uh, that it's hard to trust him.
1: It's too many ifs. Where there are so many other quarterbacks that you can right. just say, "Well, I'd rather have Ryan or Roethlisberger or Fitzpatrick."
0: Oh yeah, but but would you rather have Zach Wilson? Would you rather have Jared Goff? Would you rather have? Um, I, I guess this is more of a two QB discussion. But uh, would you rather have a Saints guy? Would you rather you know if Jameis wins the job? Would you rather have Jameis or Daniel Jones? Jameis.
1: I'll take Jones.
0: How about uh, Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones?
1: I would rather have Darnold just for his early season schedule. Okay.
0: Okay. I think we mostly covered it here. We got Goff. I know there's not a ton of excitement there. Darnold, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Garoppolo. Locke is another one that belongs in that category of, you know, bad start to a career. But
1: the talent around him is amazing. My God. Yeah. But who knows how long he'll have the job for even if he gets it out of camp.
0: I want to end with Baker Mayfield because we do get questions about him, and he finished. He was freaking awesome down the stretch. They, though, they they were like 21st in total defense and defensive scoring last year. So you got to figure it could be a top five, top 10 defense, and they love to run the football. Uh, You skipped over him. You you guys did not say you take him. I said he was like uh, Ryan, Mayfield, Watson, Cousins, and you did not say he should be in that group. He should be in that group. Okay. Do you think there's a lot of upside with him?
1: No, but I Mm. think he's safe. He's a very good number two quarterback in two QB leagues. This is still a team that's going to run the ball a lot.
0: If they're bad, I don't think they're going to be bad. If they are, it's going to help them. It's going to help him because you know if you look at the pass attempts in his last six regular season games, he averaged thirty-seven pass attempts per game, but that was very much weighted by I think two games where he threw, well, he threw uh 50, you know, hey, that game against the Ravens, he threw a ton of, you know, mm-hmm. and that game against the Jets where everybody was injured. Yeah. Yeah. do threw like 100 passes in those games. I'm making these numbers up a little bit, but in the other games, it was 30 pass attempts per game, basically. So, uh, yeah, no, he did. He threw 100 pass attempts against Baltimore and the Jets, both losses. So that's the problem with, uh, with the passing game if you're investing in fantasy. When the Browns are good, when they're winning, and they, we think they're going to be pretty good this year, they run the ball. Good quarterback period, you guys. We
1: knocked one down. I'm Ooh. surprised you didn't want to talk about your favorite team, Adam. The Texans <laughs> to Taylor. He's always Davis been a Mills.
0: he's always been a better four point per passing league fantasy quarterback than you would think. I guess he's kind of
2: sneaky, right? Eh? I mean, Brandon Cooks and David Johnson back to back. That was the worst. Something fantasy so
0: sick
1: last night. I mean, I would so buy the, the NFT of that. <laughs> He also had Hopkins and Fuller on that team, too. There's, a, there's an obsession with Houston.
0: <laughs> That's funny, actually. How about that? Um, all right. Well, more on that crappy team, some other podcasts. Tight end preview tomorrow, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening to the q See ya.
2: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too.